What is good, everybody? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. I am your host, Caleb, the man who is obsessed with the NBA and the game of basketball. I am so, so excited, guys, to be back here with you running through slates every single day. It is what I do. It's what I love to start my day with. It is Monday. I'll say it is Monday. Uh, Season will not be starting until tomorrow, but I wanted to get this out in plenty of time so that if you are betting um, and you have a drive to work or whatever it is, you can just throw this on and be as informed as possible for these two games tomorrow. Uh, before we jump into the actual breakdowns itself, little housekeeping, got to run through all this shit, guys. If you don't already, follow me on Twitter at Hoops Drive. That's where the majority of the shit goes down. I can already tell you played Philly minus one and a half games on Wednesday. Uh, last week, it's up to four and a half. Played Minnesota minus four and a half. Uh, last week, it's up to five and a half. So uh, especially early on, you know, I, I feel like this is where you can get the most edge because once the season starts like then books gonna be running their algorithms and it's harder and harder and, and lines get tighter and tighter because they have more and more data right now there can be uh, a little bit more room for value because you know the books might not be paying attention as hard as, as we season. so already got a combined four four points of line movement on, on two plays um and so if you haven't already at hoops drive on twitter if you haven't already, last thing, please like and subscribe uh, to this podcast wherever you get uh, your podcast. It, we are available on just about every platform. Um, and then also, if you could go ahead and like and subscribe to the Malaga Drive Hoops normal podcast. That's just where we're going through hoop uh, through more of a just basketball lens than opposed to just the betting side of things. So uh, if you've done that, we're good. We're clear for takeoff, guys. I'll be here all year long. I appreciate and love all of you for stopping by and talking some hoop with me. Uh, Without further ado, let's jump into the two-game slate that we got kicking off tomorrow. All right, let's let's start off with a few housekeeping things. So first things first, guys, I'm not asking you to blindly tell me, right? Like, that is not what I'm here for. I'm not here to say, bet everything I do, you know, like that's not what this is about. I'm here to simply provide information on how I see things. And if you agree and fuck with it, go ahead and play it. If you don't, go ahead and pass or fade or whatever you want. All I'm here to do is provide information on how I'm seeing things. Uh, and if you like what you're what you're hearing, go ahead and roll with it. And if you don't, that is totally fine too. I'm just here to help make your betting process as informed and as easy as possible as it is for you as someone who lives and breathes the NBA game and basketball. Second thing, I think it's important. I've done this before uh, on my betting podcast, but as it's the start of the year, uh, I want to run through it again. What we are doing in betting this, in betting basketball, and betting in general, is finding mispriced lines. We, the, there's no, you hear the word locks, right, all the time. And, and I'll even use that word sometimes with my friends. But there's no such, everyone who bets for real knows there's no such thing as a lock. We're living in real life. Locks don't exist. Anything can happen on any given day. What we are doing when we are betting is saying that the market, the sports book, is giving you a price that is short. 
And I'll give an example. Because you're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Let's say someone is tossing a coin. Heads or tails, right? And they gonna, they're going to offer you plus 600 on tails. You're going to take that bet every time. Because every price given by a book has an implied probability. Plus 600 has an implied probability of 14.29%. You're getting plus 600, which comes with probability of 14% on a 50-50 thing. So let's say they give you plus 600 on tails. You flip it, it's heads. You lose the bet. You lose that bet. That does not mean it's a bad bet. It was a good bet. You're getting plus 600 on odds on something that should have been if you're just going purely 50% minus 110, you know? So all I'm here to say is, and if you did that over and over, you may lose. Fuck. You, let's say you do that over and over and it's heads the first three times. Regardless, if you continue to play that out 50%, because we know it's a true 50-50 and you're getting plus 600 odds, you're going to come out profitable long-term. And so that's all we're here to do is say, hey, when we're betting this, the probability of this outcome is more likely than the books imply. And we will get to that as the season goes along and we'll talk about that more. But I want to give you the mindset of beating the market. It's it's finding little pockets of value, you know, here and there that uh, that you feel like are a little bit more probable than what the, the line is. So without further ado, let's let's jump into the first game. The Milwaukee Bucks are hosting the NBA champ, defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks are hosting the Brooklyn Nets on opening night at home. Um, and this line was a little bit of a weird thing to watch um, as we headed into the season because my book actually did release these lines pretty damn early, like a month or so before the season started. And the Bucks open or the Nets opened up as slight favorites. I believe it was like two, two and a half. And it got down to one and a half. Then the Kyrie news broke and went down to a pick em, And then it went down to Bucks minus one and a half. And now it's back up to the Nets minus one and a half. I personally am making this a pick em. I think the Brooklyn Nets are slightly better than the Milwaukee Bucks, and that might surprise some people that don't follow as uh, as closely. Um, because hey, the Milwaukee Bucks won the won the championship, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets in a seven game series. Um, but I think it's important we rewind that when Kyrie, it, the Nets went in that series without James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant fully healthy. They absolutely dominated the first game. They absolutely dominated the second game, and then Kyrie Irving gets. Kyrie Irving gets hurt in the third game, forces James Harden, who is clearly hobbled, probably 70% at best, to come back. And so it's a 70% James Harden and James and Kevin Durant doing everything they can, and they still almost beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Kevin Durant is, you know, if his foot's just a little further back, they win that series. Um, all that to say, even without Kyrie Irving, the Nets are a little bit better than the Bucks. I'd have it about three points home court advantage is generally about three points. So that's where I'm getting the pick them from. Maybe you can lean Nets like minus a half, minus one. Um, but regardless, uh, you know, we talk about finding little pockets and points of value um, when the line's a, a one and a half or two points off. It's harder when it's a closer game, right? Like I think there's more value in getting seven instead of five than, you know, two instead of a pick them you know, as you get closer and closer to that line. Obviously, the number matters no matter what. Um, but all this to say, I, I'm not really seeing a ton of value here um, on either side. I think if I had to pick, I'd go the Brooklyn Nets. 
or sorry, I go the Milwaukee Bucks because again, I have it as pick them, maybe minus uh, a half. It is plus one and a half for the Bucks, but this is going to be a really, really good game. And and again, this is not going to be one of these games that you know is easy to find value on because you're getting uh, two of the more popular teams. You know, two teams that have been in the spotlight a lot. Two teams the books know very well, paid attention to uh, very well. So. For me, it's a it's a complete stay away here. Um, in terms of the over under two thirty seven and a half, super high. Um, but you know, I, I, Milwaukee's a team that's played fast in the past. Brooklyn has a ton of offensive talent, fully capable of playing fast. Um, but you know, uh, over unders are are definitely something I tend to stay away from early on in the season because you just don't know uh, the pace. You also just don't know guys can be a little bit rusty coming in the season. Um, and with an over-under set that high, um, they need to keep a pretty blistering pace um, for the whole game to, to get there. And so you, you just never know. Um, I, would, I would honestly lean the over, though, if I had to take it. Two very explosive offenses, Milwaukee playing fast-paced. Um, we saw a lot of these games cruise to over 237.5 um, when they played last year. But um, that's my take on this one. Complete stay away. Some slight value on the Bucks here. Um, at home on ring night, but uh, nothing that I'm running to the window to play. All right, last game of the day, second and final game. My Golden State Warriors heading into the big, bad staple center of the Lakers. Warriors three-and-a-half-point dogs, 228 total. This is very interesting because uh, I've kind of lost my opportunity at this point. I was really leaning uh, Warriors plus five. Uh, for a long time heading into this thing um, and was like, all right, I'm, you know, hopefully get five, five and a half. And then it's just gone the other way. Now we're down to three and a half and it's like, okay, well, value sucked up. I had this at a four. So now it's almost like the Lakers are holding some value. Um, but let's talk through both these teams. The Lakers had an absolutely awful preseason, 0 and 6. The Warriors had an absolutely amazing offseason, 4 and 0. Two teams matched up. Warriors actually beat the Lakers twice. Uh, one of those times without was without Steph Curry. Uh, and, and I'll start with the Warriors side. I can't cap. We look really good. We look really good. Um, last year, you could tell. It was a bunch of younger guys that had never really played this style of read and react and move and cut. And it, it was just not a good fit with a lot of guys on the roster. And it got better towards the end of the year. You know, they, they figured things out a little bit more, but it was never enough to really feel like we were clicking on all cylinders. And this year you come in and we have just a much smarter group. You have Andre Iguodala, you have Nemanja Bielica, you have um, Otto Porter Jr. Um, those are the key, real key additions. And you have Damian Lee with another year in the system to be more comfortable. You have Andrew Wiggins. Um, with another year in the system to feel comfortable. You have Kavon Looney, who's really there and understands, you know, how we try to run and operate things. So as a whole, the personnel just makes a lot more sense for the Warriors this year. On top of that, and I think the biggest uh, thing for the Warriors this year is going to be the emergence of Jordan Poole. And if you're following the NBA and uh, at least somewhat closely, you're going to be hearing Jordan Poole um name a lot in the preseason and I think there's always some hesitancy there because it's preseason and we've never really like fully seen it but I can tell you Jordan Poole is absolutely 
the real deal and you guys are going to see that as the season progresses and um i think he's really the key here so uh, when you have a guy because last year is obviously steph curry and he did what he did and he's gonna continue to do what he does uh, but you need secondary scores and andrew wiggins wasn't enough jordan Poole absolutely helps fill that void and i think we're going to be a lot better as a team this year because we have veterans who understand the offense better and you have veterans who understand how to um get the most out of steph curry uh and use him to create for others too so um all that to be said you know i you can't look at preseason and value it too much uh the suns and bucks had terrible preseasons last year they were in the two finals lakers had a terrible preseason but i I don't think you can look at that and be like, you know, like LeBron's in year 15, 16, whatever. There's just, there's just no way he's going to lay it all out. AD is injury prone. Like the preseason, the war, the Lakers doing poorly in the preseason means absolutely nothing to me. And that's why I didn't even hit this when it was at five, because it was like, all right, I, I can give the Lakers a little bit of an edge, even though they're playing much worse right now. Um, but at the end of the day, there's still the Lakers with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Um, and I have, trust me, I have concerns about Russ and how he's going to fit with this team long term. And Russ is not a guy that you just easily integrate into an offense and into a system. He takes time. He's talked about how he wants to be the guy. And, and while I'm sure him and Braun will figure it out, it's not something that they just smoothly can just walk into, you know, because it's not like Russ can be super effective off the ball, right? If he's off the ball, he's standing in the corner and the, the guy who's guarding him can easily help off because you're if, if Russ is taking a three on any given possession, it's a win for the defense in general. He might make it, but he's not going to make it enough consistently enough to really make you pay. So that means that either LeBron James is getting less possessions with him, with the ball in his hands or that Russell Westbrook is taking open threes both of which are scenarios that I am happy with if I'm playing the Lakers. But that being said, it's still Braun and AD at home, season opener. This line basically implies that the Lakers are only a half point better right now. Um, and for me, I'd want, you know, two, two and a half. I, I think this Warriors team is playing really, really good basketball. But at the same time, it's like, all right, we can't, we can't put too much stock in the preseason. So I'm ultimately laying off this game on the spread and the total. But that being said, I will be uh, most likely playing Jordan Poole's uh, prop. And I'm putting my money right where my mouth is. I have zero concerns about this dude um, living up to the hype. Like, he has all the talent in the world. He's kind of finally you've seen him reach that locked-in place mentally. And anything under 20, I'm hitting. I'm seeing right now, I look on action in their prop tool, and it's seeing 17 and a half. My book hasn't released it yet, so I can't officially play it. Um, but I will play it as soon as it's out. Again, any I'll play Jordan Poole point, points up to 19 and a half. Um, if it's 20 and a half, it's like, okay, it's fair. Um, but I think this is a prop I'm going to continue to play, as especially as, as long as Clay Thompson is out um, up to the 20s in, in almost every matchup. Because this is, a again, where, where you can find value early on is – um, where you can predict b breakouts before the books, the books got to see it before they can do it, you know, and um, Jordan Poole, 17 and a half would be high, honestly, in, in their minds for a guy who's never really started or consistently played 
uh, in any high leverage role. I think this is the year for Jordan Poole. We've seen it. I've hit him for most improved in sixth man of the year. So uh, that will be my one play tomorrow is Jordan Poole over points. My book comes out and it's, you know, 20 and a half. Like, all right, shit, I might have to lay off. But uh, I, I think we should be able to, at the very worst, get 19 and a half tomorrow when this hits. So if your book already has uh, player props up, go ahead and hit that now. I will be on that when it comes out tomorrow. Um, but other than that, I know it's just two games, so we'll keep it short. We'll get out of here. Um, but I will be back tomorrow uh, or Tuesday morning. No, I'll be back Wednesday morning. Uh, to run through an eight-game slate. Again, already locked two plays. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Uh, have Sixers minus one and a half. It's now four and a half. And I have Timberwolves minus four and a half. Now five and a half. We'll be here all along. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Peace.